Welcome to Kingdom Perspectives. My name is Corey Turner. It's my privilege to host you for today's podcast. Kingdom Perspectives is all about getting God's perspective on life, culture and ministry. In a world of increasing noise and deception, we need to cut through the confusion and complexity of the times we live in and get God's perspective on our lives. I encourage you to click on the subscribe button to automatically receive this podcast on a weekly basis. Also, if you'd like to leave us a brief review, that would be really helpful to us. And today, the shoe is actually on the other foot because we are <laughs> going to be interviewing the amazing Stacey Hillier. Stacey, how are you doing? Yeah, really good. It's interesting that you would say the shoe. You and I both love shoes, we don't do. we? We do. We are just talking about that just before this recording. One of the greatest frustrations of this season we're in right now, people could be listening at any time, but we're recording during COVID, yeah. is the delay in the shoes coming in the mail. It, this is a major crisis. They talk about the pandemic. Well, this is a real crisis. <laughs> the shoe-demic. The shoe-demic. Have you ever heard of a bigger first world problem than what we're talking <laughs> yeah, about right, right now? <laughs> Don't feel any sympathy or sorry for us at all out there. <laughs> Don't think they do. <laughs> um, but Stacey, uh, you are an amazing leader and woman of God, and you're also the one of the executive pastors here on our exec team here at Newman Church, and you oversee all of our prophetic ministry as our resident prophet in the house, uh, overseeing prayer and worship, and it's such an honor to have you on Kingdom Perspectives. And we're going to be talking about one of the most significant uh, things that's close to your heart, Stacey, when it comes to this issue of um, communicating with God and relationship with God, and that is the subject of prophetic dreams. Mm-hmm. And to set up this topic, I think it's so important that we help people to understand that one of the greatest privileges that we have as believers in our relationship with God is actually communication with God. Yeah. Communication isn't a monologue. It's a dialogue. It's not one way. It's both ways. We both need to speak to God, and we're encouraged to do that in the Scriptures, but also listen and hear from God. And I take great courage from the fact that God wants to speak to us even more than we want to hear from Him. That's right. And learning to discern the different ways that God speaks to us is an adventure in itself. Obviously, we know and we practice here as a core value that God's word is our Mm. primary foundation. And so any way that God might speak to us through prophecy, through dreams, uh, through impressions or visions will never contradict the written word of God. We also need to understand that God has a language Uh, a supernatural spiritual language that he uses to speak to us in different ways. And one of the ways that he speaks to us throughout Scripture and in the modern age is through prophetic dreams. Now, dreams have largely been ignored by some believers, um, often characterized with things like New Age. uh, And mainly that's ignorance, a lack of teaching, or a lack of understanding Mm -hmm. about the subject. And yet the Bible gives us many examples of God speaking to men and women of God through prophetic dreams. So, Stacey, talk to us about your journey with hearing God through dreams. Yeah, it's been an interesting journey for me. I can still remember vividly dreams that I had as a child 
That's wow. how much dreams have been a part of how God has communicated to me. And it is very true that the New Age seems to have the market share on t- on interpreting dreams. Mm. And I think that's often led to a sense of fear in the church around this area. Yep. But I actually believe we're coming into an age and are in an age right now where we have a responsibility to educate the church yeah. on the fact that this is one of the ways right throughout the Bible, primary ways that God communicated to his people. And so to leave this to other world religions would actually be to be robbed of part of our inheritance as children of God. And I believe that those dreams that those people are seeking to have interpreted could very well be from God. Acts 2 talks about him giving dreams and giving visions to all of his sons and daughters, not just those who call him Lord and who live in relationship with him. There's actually some incredible examples of people who aren't Christians who have invented things that we take for granted today that were actually shown to them, disclosed to them, given to them in dreams. An example of that would be the sewing machine. Yeah, wow. The sewing machine was an invention by Elias Howe. He was trying to get this thing happening. He just couldn't get the final piece to get the invention working. He slept overnight. He had this crazy dream where cannibals were attacking him with spears, but their spears had this small hole in the end of it looking like a needle. And they were spearing him repeatedly with these spears. And that was the final piece he needed to invent the sewing machine, the needle with the hole in it. Who would have thought? I know, right? It all came to him in a dream. Google, that was invented in a dream. Disclosed, given in a dream. So Larry Page had this irrational fear that he was going to get kicked out of college. He wasn't smart enough. And as part of that, he had these crazy invention dreams. And one of them was the concept of Google. He woke up, did the math, and now we Google things every single day. That concept was given in a dream. The theory of relativity, Mm. Albert Einstein Mm. had that in a dream. Mm. The Beatles song Yesterday, actually um, Paul McCartney dreamt this song. He woke up with the melody, the lyrics, everything. He went to the rest of the band and was like, hey, have you ever heard this? Start singing it to them. He's like, it's got to exist somewhere. It's too good for me to just dream this. They found it had never been heard the entire song from start to finish, and now it's one of their biggest selling singles ever. That's amazing. So we can receive powerful things in we dreams. Can. I'm waiting for my number <laughs> one hit single. Waiting for your yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll can you be lay the- hands upon my head at the end of this. And <laughs> Maybe help? it'll be the sewing machine. Yeah. Hopefully not. (laughs) (laughs) But a dream is a state of mind in which images, thoughts and impressions pass through the mind Mm. while a person is sleeping. It's one of the times when a lot of our filters are down. So we're more receptive to God speaking to us because we're not passing it through logical filters necessarily. We're just receiving the message or the symbols in our spirit. And so often that's why people find dreams easier to receive because they're not running it through their brain or their mind first. Um, The Bible, as you mentioned, is full of examples of dreams. You don't even have to go far into your Bible to find it. Genesis alone, God warned Abimelech not to touch Sarah, Abram's wife, in Genesis 20. Wow. Important. Yep. Genesis 28, Jacob dreams, covenant is restored by God. Genesis 31, Jacob tells Rachel and Leah about a dream he had in which God showed him goats with spots and stripes. (laughs) And in this dream, an angel of God spoke to him. Genesis 37, very famous, Joseph's dreams. 
Genesis 40, Joseph Joseph interprets dreams for the cupbearer and the baker. Yeah. Genesis 41, Joseph then interprets Pharaoh's dreams. This is just Genesis. Yeah. Then if we go to the first book of the New Testament, in the first two chapters of Mm. Matthew alone, significant dreams. Matthew 1, angel of the Lord appears to Joseph in a dream. Matthew 2, the wise men are warned in a dream and given directions that would keep them safe from King Herod. Matthew 2.13, the very next verse, another angel appears to Joseph in a dream and tells him to flee with Mary and Jesus. Mm. Matthew 2.19, angel appears to Joseph a third time in a dream and tells him it's safe to return to Israel. If we think about that for a moment, what are some of the things in our life today, uh, spiritually, that actually wouldn't exist if people in the Bible hadn't paid attention to God's communication through dreams? That's a powerful question. Because even Jesus' life himself would have been in jeopardy if Joseph hadn't paid attention to the dreams that God was giving him. And I I think that's something that we can think about today because we often discount our dreams and shut ourselves off to them because there is this little bit of fear around how the new age has kind of dominated this space. Totally. And so clearly there is biblical precedent and um, examples in history Mm -hmm. of God breaking into um, people's worlds and communicating to them in lots of different ways, but particularly through dreams. It's just amazing to be reminded again how even in the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible in the beginning, that the primary way that God was speaking was through dreams. And then you fast forward to the New Testament and that practice continues. Mm. Um, dreams did not, uh, prophetic dreams did not die out with the apostles at the end of what um, some scholars call the apostolic age, but dreams and visions is the language of heaven and it is one of the primary ways that God speaks to us. So yeah. let's talk about the purpose of dreams. What is the purpose of our dreams and why would God give us prophetic dreams? I think one of the primary reasons is to build our faith. A great example of this in the Bible is Judges 6 to 8. Dreams can even strengthen our faith like they did for Gideon. Mm. And even when we, re- we read that story today, it strengthens us. Yeah. If you share some examples with me of how God has given you guidance in your life through your dreams, yeah. it strengthens my faith. So yeah. it's not just for the recipient. If we can be bold enough to share with one another how yeah. God is speaking to us and working in our lives, we can strengthen one another's faith. Another reason for dreams is I have an incredible story to share with you. They can actually build faith for healing. Okay. Um, There was a true story of a woman who had undergone several unsuccessful spinal operations and she was left in a plaster cast for six months. Mm. She's told she would never walk again. But she was told by doctors, you've got a 50-50 chance of a better, better lifestyle. You still won't walk, but a better lifestyle if you go one more round of a risky surgery. And so she prayed about it as she went to sleep that night and she had two dreams. In the first dream, she dreamt she was on the table in surgery and she actually died on the operating table. Not going in the right direction. absolutely. (laughs) Well, then she had a better dream. She dreamt of receiving prayer from a man with a foreign accent in a large room. And um, she saw herself in a wheelchair. This man came and laid hands on her, prayed for her to be healed And then she saw in the dream herself getting up and running away. 
So guess what happened? She's laying in her bed as she's processing this, mm. sees this ad come on television. There's a, an evangelist on by the name of Reinhard Bonnke wow. speaking in an accent. She's like, that's the guy from my dream. She'd never seen him before. So she goes to this event. Sure enough, I want everybody in a wheelchair to come down the front. So she has the faith to go down because she's had the dream. It's amazing. Goes down, he lays hands on her. She left that, never needing another surgery, completely healed. How amazing, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Dreams can also reveal reveal secrets and answer questions. Mm. Daniel 2, 28 to 29 is a great example of this, where God gave guidance to King Nebuchadnezzar. They answer the questions that people can often have on their hearts. Mm. Dreams can give warning and guidance like we've already talked about in Matthew. They can bring correction to our hearts. They can be prophetic in nature. Genesis 28 is a good example of this. This is when the word of God through dreams is loaded with promises for the future, prophesying into the future. They can be disclosure dreams, show you something for now or something for in 20 years time. Another powerful example um, is dreams can actually bring the lost into salvation, into God's kingdom. and got a, a personal story to share here about my brother-in-law. He's married to my eldest sister. Mm. And when their second daughter, Asha, was only 12 months old, and I'm very close to my two nieces, Kashira and Asha. I love them with all my heart. And um, we had been praying for Ben's salvation for a number of years. And uh, he, at the age of 31, woke up overnight and could not move his legs. Didn't wow. have an accident, didn't bump anything, just mm. woke up and could not walk. Um, at this stage, we were part of a large church in Brisbane. Um, he ended up in hospital in traction. They could not figure out what was wrong with him and mm. why he could not walk. We had our pastors and team going up and praying for him every day. He was all of a sudden open to that for the first time. And what they eventually found were several lesions on his brain and his spine um, that he was not going to recover from. So they sent him home in a wheelchair for two weeks to spend time with his young family before he came back in. The trajectory of his life was very quickly approaching him being finished here on this earth. So we had prayer and fasting groups. After the two weeks, he goes back into hospital. They put him in an MRI chamber because they want to look at how everything was growing. We've got teams praying. He goes in there, he falls asleep. He has a dream that he is falling off the edge of a cliff and a huge hand comes from underneath him and grabs his body and says, do you want me to save you? And in this dream, Ben says, please save me. I want to be here for my girls. So he's pulled back up onto the top of the cliff and given a set of instructions for the rest of his life. Wow. Ben gave his life to Jesus. We got to lead him to the Lord in his hospital bed. But here comes the best part. Every single lesion had completely disappeared. So we have the pieces of paper that say they were there. Powerful. And then they're not there. He received salvation through a dream. Still serving God today. That is amazing. He had to go through the process of learning to walk again. Um, He still has some uh, symptoms of that period in his life, but they constantly remind him of what God did. So God can save people through dreams. Absolutely. And Mm. I think... This also points us to that the purpose of signs and wonders, of which dreams are a sign and a wonder, is not 
to simply acknowledge the sign and the wonder, but it's to point us to relationship with God. That's right. It's to help people's personal encounter with God and to develop a, a close and intimate relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And and whilst we're encouraged to pursue and earnestly desire things like the higher gifts, and I mm-hmm. think that's talking about the most relevant gifts at the time, mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're primarily encouraged to chase the giver of every good gift. Yeah. We're, we're encouraged to chase the source yeah. of the sign and the wonder. And as, and, and also what I love about that story is that God's heart is for lost people. Yeah. And he will even use uh, signs and wonders, supernatural means to get people's attention, yeah. to restore and reconcile them back to him. Yeah. So what are the... Um, uh, different types of dreams. You've been talking about the purpose of dreams, yep. which I'm sure that there are many more than that. But yep. what are the different types of dreams that you've come across? Yeah, I think one of the most common types of dreams is a processing dream. So this okay. can be where you've got some emotions going on in your everyday life. As you sleep, um, God is helping you process what that emotion right. is doing in and through you that he might want to even free you from. Yeah. So sometimes people think that all nightmares must be from the devil. Sometimes when we have demonic dreams, mm. they can act or dreams that seem very scary, they can actually be a recurring issue or pattern in our life where God actually wants to set us free. Yeah. And so he is allowing us to dream those things so he can bring us to a place of freedom. It's interesting, um, you know, we mentioned we are doing this podcast during the COVID season. Mm. I feel like everyone I'm talking to is like, I am dreaming so much. Well, this is scientifically proven that during times of national crisis, so for example, in the weeks and months following 9-11, they did some psychological studies, people's dream life was heightened because there's more emotions and more fears and Mm. more anxieties for people to process and in our society and even within the church we seem to have a sense of shame about talking about some of these emotions we feel but God loves us enough to want to set us free from those things so he brings them up in our dream life so that we can experience freedom and healing in all of those areas so they're processing dreams some common examples of processing dreams are have you ever dreamt that you're being chased Yes, I have. That you're running away from somebody. (laughs) Well, often this could be pointing to something like you're running away from a problem you need to face. Or um, another dream I've had often is that I can't find a toilet. And I'm like That's not a good dream. That's not a great dream. You've got to hold on. It feels so real because you're like, really hope I don't wet the bed. (laughs) (laughs) It's your dry hopes that that doesn't happen either. (laughs) Maybe it's just me. But this could indicate something like you're having trouble expressing your needs in a certain area. Right. Some people talk about they dream about um, being naked in public. No, I I can't ever say I've had that. Some people, that's a fantasy. Some people, (laughs) that's a total nightmare. But that could indicate you're processing an emotion of feeling exposed or wrongly accused. I do want to point out that even though I'm saying there are some common things we dream in processing dreams... I don't believe there's actually a universal dream language. Right. This is where we would differ in our theology, the new age. Yeah. Because they say, well, there's this symbol and this means this. Right. God is always consistent in his character. So what you dream will always reflect his character. But he is so personal. 
He was so involved with your knitting together in your mother's womb, with your dreams, desires, the things that make you laugh, your personality, that he will communicate to you in your own personal symbolic language in your dream life. So, for example, for me, if I have a dream about um, holding a baby... I could start to stress out that perhaps the surgeries that have been done are not going to work. <laughs> okay. But I have learnt that that is the God's way of communicating specifically to me about yeah. something in my ministry. Right. Because I hold the people I lead like my children. So he is speaking to me in the symbolism of my heart and my life. Yep. Um, so there aren't necessarily universal symbols. Okay. Um, that leads me to symbolic dreams. Yep. So this is when God speaks to us through symbolic information to give instruction, direction, understanding, or warning. These are very common because one symbol can actually communicate a thousand words, right? often with much more powerful impact than words can convey. If when you think about how Jesus spoke and taught when he was on earth, he used lots of symbols and yep. lots of pictures. So it's very consistent with the way he communicates with humanity for him to give us personally symbolic dreams. Yep. Um, the Bible's full of examples of symbolic dreams. So we've got processing symbolic and then um, direct message dreams. And okay. you've shared that you normally have more yeah. like direct message dreams. Yep. So these include normally an encounter with God or with an angel or where you hear a voice giving a specific instruction in a prayer. Right. Um, so for Joseph, an angel visited him three times and delivered a message. Yep. Also, we think of the story of Samuel asleep and he hears a voice yep. so much so that he goes to Eli and he's like, are you calling me? Well, this was in his dream. He's hearing an auditory call Powerful. of God upon his life. So they're the main types of dreams. Excellent. How do we respond practically? Because uh, mm. obviously you, this teaching is um, <laughs> really helpful. I was thinking actually as you're talking, what does it mean when you're falling in a dream? I don't know if you've ever had one of those Ooh. dreams. But when you're like falling maybe from a, a building or you never you never feel like you land somewhere, you're just constantly falling. Have you ever had a dream like that? Yes. And this is why how you feel when you have a dream is so important. Right. We're afraid of feelings as Christians. We're yep. like, oh, no, we've got to be led by the truth. God gave you your feelings and your emotions. So I could dream I'm falling. I'm an adventurous kind of person. I could feel amazing in that dream right. because I'm processing the fact that I'm free of every restraint on my life. Okay. Whereas to somebody else who what's going on in their life is everything's yep. out of control. Petrified. I've lost my job. Yep. If they're feeling afraid when they're falling, they're processing something very different. Okay, so that's a beautiful segue into the question of how do we respond practically because clearly what yep. I'm hearing is it's not just what you see or visualize in the dream but it's also what you feel as you're having that dream how should we respond practically to dreams i think in the way we respond we have to be mindful of the fact that any communication god shares with us new testament prophecy receiving a dream you will feel loved yep you should Very feel good. loved because yep. the purpose of all new testament new covenant prophetic ministry is to edify to exhort and to encourage yep so there might be some aspects of the dream that you find overwhelming or scary 
but it is a sign of God's love for you that mm. he would communicate to you. So yep. to approach it with that attitude, I'm not going to be overwhelmed or afraid, but thank you for loving me enough to speak to me. And I'm actually going to steward your secrets well. So good. And so we write them down. It can take good. time. It can take a lot of time. But I keep a journal beside my bed. I have one for each of my children. And when we do our one-on-one dates with them, I'm asking them, what are you dreaming? They've actually had prophetic messages about the direction of our family and our church in their dream life. And why wouldn't they? God doesn't call just a mother and a father. He calls a family. Really good. You're in it together. So write down as much detail as you can remember, even if you think it's insignificant. Write down what was on the table that you saw. Um, How did you feel in the dream? What colors were in the dream? Um, Who was in the dream? Often... Well, not often, but maybe three or four times, I've had a silent third party in the dream. They're observing the dream, and I will just know that they're going to have the interpretation. And that's why they're present in the dream. Right. Or other times, I'll be the silent observer of a situation, and I'll know that that's God saying to me, you're going to be the person who delivers the message of this dream to the other people in it. Very good. So write down who's in it. Was there anything you just knew that you knew in the dream? So a sense you had, you knew in the dream that this was something to come. You knew that this was something you needed to process. You knew that this was a message you were going to have to uh, deliver. That's an impression that you have in the theatre of our mind as we talk about in prophetic language. Um, And then finally, what sense did you have in the dream? Did you have a sense that everything was going to be okay? Did you have a sense you needed to deal with this quickly? These are all things that God has given you that you should take the time to write down. And then you should pray over the dream. It can be really easy, Corey, to jump to a book. uh, And there are some amazing resources like the Divinity Code where you can go and look at the symbolism. But the first thing I do once I've written it down is pray. Good. And then I apply the law of first mention. Okay, let's talk about that because this is a principle throughout Scripture. And I think you've touched on something really important because often we're going to uh, books other than the Word of God and resources Mm. to look for conclusions rather than actually looking for more signposts or facts that point the way to a conclusion that actually God wants us to arrive at in our relationship with him. Um, Law of first mention is a principle that is uh, significant when it comes to biblical interpretation. Talk us through that. Yeah, I think that we live in a society where we want the answers quickly. I want to dream it and I want to understand it. But if we look at the life of Daniel, there were times he had to fast to be able to interpret the dreams. Mm. And sometimes the interpretation process can be part of what God is trying to do in us. So if we get someone else to do all the work for us, the same as when we receive a prophetic word, we actually minimize or diminish the work that God wants to do within our life. Right. 1 Timothy talks about you use your own prophecies. You fight for the prophetic words over your life. So I don't jump to those books first. I like to apply the law of first mention. So a real world world example of this um, would be last year I was praying just about how to disciple my three boys. And I was asking God to give me wisdom about that. And I had a dream that I would call a nightmare in which my husband Jai came home with my three boys. And he said, I've got something to tell you. I've bought each of the boys a pet. And right. pets generally would send my heart rate going up unless it was a butterfly. <laughs> and then it got worse because he'd bought each of them a snake. 
and I am completely phobic about snakes. Yeah, bad day. I know, right? (laughs) And each of them had their snakes in a box. And the dream went on with seeing each of their specific snakes in very vivid detail. Mm. And in the dream, I took my daughter (laughs) and I moved out of the house (laughs) because they'd bought snakes. Yeah, I'd move out too. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't, right? (laughs) Other than maybe Steve Irwin. (laughs) He might have stayed. So when I'm writing this dream down, I didn't immediately understand it. I'm praying over this and processing this over a number of weeks. Well, where is a snake first in the Bible? Yeah. It's in Genesis. When yeah. the snake comes, the enemy comes to taunt and to create doubt and to sow th- seeds of doubt inside of Eve's mind. In Revelation, it talks about how the serpent, the enemy was the serpent who yep. was accusing the brethren all day and all night was thrown down into the fiery pit. Yep. So I apply the law of first mention. Could these snakes be symbolic of the issues that each of my sons are dealing with in their minds? Yep. And could it be that if I don't disciple them and help them at this age of early teens, that it could actually push the women out of their life in adulthood. Wow. So as I processed then individually what each snake looked like, Mm. God began to show me things that my boys were struggling with. And so then as I took each of them on a one-on-one date and actually just asked some probing questions, hey, do you ever feel like this? Mm. And each of them then opened up whole new realms of their life to me that I've then been able to disciple into their lives godly principles that will help them all through a dream that could have been passed off as really bad pizza. And I think your um, story is highlighting the importance and significance of taking God's communication to us seriously. Whether it be through dreams, whether it be through impressions, whether it be through a word, God does not communicate to us for us to take it lightly and for us to simply uh, wipe it off as being inconsequential. Mm -hmm. And so I really thank you for being transparent and sharing that because um, I think a lot of people have probably, uh, as they look back, as they hear your story and then reflect on their own lives, could probably highlight and point to different moments where in fact God was speaking to them, Mm. but they didn't pay enough attention to it Mm -hmm. or they didn't really understand it and so they dismissed it. What are the implications and consequences of ignoring dreams? Because even in your own relationship with your boys Mm. and your discipleship of them, if you hadn't have explored and understood exactly what you're dealing with in that picture that God was showing you, the impact of that, not only for your own relationship with them, but for their future and their future relationships would have been seriously impacted. So tell us, what are the consequences of ignoring dreams? Yeah, well, we touched on earlier biblically what could have been some of the implications of people not thinking this was a valid form of communication, of going, hey, you know what? These other people who worship other gods, they're exploring this realm. It's a bit too weird for me. They could have done that same thing and actually missed out on what God wanted to do through their lives, to do in their lives. We talked about the seriousness around Matthew. If Joseph hadn't have listened, if the wise men hadn't have listened, when it comes to... um, understanding and then interpreting dreams, 
I would hate for anybody to hear this and think I've missed it. I've missed the moment because God is so loving and he's so gracious and he's so kind. And there's been many, many times where I've actually prayed and said, God, I actually didn't steward what you gave me well. If it's important enough, would you be kind enough to give me that dream again? Or would you give me a vision? Or would you show me somehow else what you were trying to work in my life or through that other person's life? Because I want to be a good steward of your secrets so that you'll share more of those. I love that I'm your friend and not just your servant. And I think, you know, honestly with my boys, he loves them enough that he would have given this message to somebody else. But what it would have meant for me is that I wouldn't have the intimacy of discipleship with my son. Somebody else may have. Um, yeah. So God's gracious, is kind and he's merciful, but I do think it's important that we make a decision just moving forward from this day forward that we really want good. to steward his communications well and just commit to not knowing it all, because I certainly don't, yeah. um, but growing in this space and even just studying the word of God for what he says about dreams. That's a great place to start. Really good. And you're already um, speaking to a thought that I've got in terms of You've shared so much quality and gold content in these last few minutes. Where would you recommend someone begin when it comes to hearing from God through dreams in terms of actually positioning themselves practically before they go to sleep at night? Yeah. What does that look like? Because I'm a big believer in how you enter into the sleep cycle, how Mm -hmm. you enter into your pattern and habit of sleep has a huge impact upon... um, not only your the, the quality of your sleep, but how you wake up the next morning. So maybe talk to us about practically what someone can do to more ready themselves and position themselves to be able to be open and receptive to dreams from God. Yeah, so I do a visualization to finish off every night. Wow. Um, so I normally... Uh, while I'm laying in bed, I normally take myself through a prayer of examen where I examine the day just while I'm laying in bed and process my day and ask how the Lord might want to grow me and my emotional responses and the way I do things um, in the following day. So I take myself through that process. But then I visualize myself as the disciple whom Jesus loved, and that is John. And so I imagine that my pillow is Jesus' chest, And I put one ear on my pillow and my other ear is right there where he can whisper secrets right in my ear. I tell him I want to hear from him all throughout the night. I listen to the steady rhythm of his heartbeat, how constant and stable it is. I take on his breathing and his rhythm. And then I just say, I want to hear from you tonight. I want you to, to speak to me. Speak to me about Here's some things I'm concerned about that I don't feel like I'm getting answers on. Or would you just spend time with me in the night hours? And King David talks about that a lot in Psalms. You are even with me as I sleep. Um, So that's how I position myself um, for God to speak to me in, in the night. It's powerful. Stacey, I want to thank you so much for sharing your heart and your journey on uh, all things prophetic dreams. Um, I know that just listening, um, I've been encouraged and inspired. And as I was sharing with you, sharing with you uh, before this episode about this topic, that um, 
I have I don't always remember my dreams and I'm sure that there are lots of people out there mm. that may be in the same boat but mm. when I have remembered those dreams they've been vivid they've been very specific mm. and there've been messages from heaven mm-hmm. God speaks to us all in different ways yeah. but I out of this episode uh want to connect to God and hear from God uh, more clearly through dreams. And um, I've just been inspired by what you have shared today. So thank you so much for taking time to actually talk to us about prophetic dreams. Um, Maybe before we close, uh, what book are you reading at the moment? Um, Born to Create by Teresa Dedman. Would you recommend it? It's a brilliant book. Yeah. Brilliant. She talks about um, a redeemed imagination a lot. And again, another aspect of Christian life that we're quite afraid yeah. of. Our imaginations on the wrong side of things can be can lead to terrible things. But created in God's image with an imagination um, and some of our best creative ideas. And our prayer life is connected to imagination. Brilliant book. Fantastic. Well, um, I certainly want to encourage people out there to uh, who are either connected to Newman Church or not connected to Newman Church to really engage with Stacey's ministry. Um, how could people maybe follow you online um, <laughs> or, or stay connected to your ministry? Uh, I know that you do have some books percolating in your heart mm, at the moment. You're writing something at the moment mm. and I'm looking forward to seeing that come out. H- how can people stay connected to your ministry? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm connected here at Numa Church and you can get some of my messages on our church website. Also on my Instagram, I am posting a series of videos called Creative Freedom Fantastic. where we deal with issues of inner vows, forgiveness, soul ties, and then moving into creative practices where we explore the concept of Sabbath. Fantastic. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to Kingdom Perspectives today. I'm Corey Turner. It's been a privilege to host you. I encourage you to click on the subscribe button to automatically receive this podcast on a weekly basis. Also, if you'd like to leave us a brief review, that would be a great help to us. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and I invite you to join me again next week for another edition of Kingdom Perspectives as we get God's perspective on life, culture and ministry. Remember, in all that you do, seek first the kingdom of God.